0: Welcome to the how not to screw up your kids podcast. So pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 51 and today I am talking to Stephanie Haynes, an education consultant and coach from the US who I interviewed and I genuinely, as you know, I love Oprah. I had so many of her aha moments and you'll hear them throughout the interview. Stephanie helps parents and children, teens and also schools in terms of working out and transitioning what might be the best next step in terms of a child's specific future, whether that's university, apprenticeship or something completely different. This episode is a must listen to, whether you are a parent of a child that's in their late teens, that is looking at transitioning in the next few years in terms of leaving school, but it is absolutely a crucial episode to be listening to, even with our children aged four, five, six, who are just starting out in school, because there is so much that we do as parents, inadvertently, that slightly skews... The trajectory which with which our children consider their options for their future so it's a really important lesson so do go ahead and enjoy that now my give is not the my usual give this week so stephanie has given us some specific links to some of the subject areas that she talks about and her book so you will be able to go and find them over in the usual free resource library drmaryhancom forward slash library where you'll find the link to download the resource All you need to do is pop in your email address and you'll get instant access, not only to this week's resource, but all the other free resources across all my podcast episodes. As ever, if you enjoy this episode, please, please, I would love it if you could follow, because by following it means that you automatically get notified when a new episode comes out, and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time, I'm leaving you in the incredible hands of Stephanie Haynes. I am so excited that this week, third time lucky, (laughs) I am joined by the amazing Stephanie Haynes, who is an education coach and consultant. And I say third time lucky because it has taken us three attempts to finally actually be able to hear each other and be at the same place at the same time. Welcome. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here. Finally, we get to connect. (laughs) Yay!
0: Honestly, I have got so many things that I want to ask you and so many things that we can talk about. So I want it to just naturally kind of ebb and flow wherever it goes. But can I just start off telling us a little bit? Because education coach and consultant, what does that mean, and how did you even sort of end up there?
1: Yeah, an education coach and consultant is someone who helps students, but also educators through the education pathway. Right. So kids are in school, but very often they're supposed to be in what comes next, and very a lot of kids don't know what to do to prepare for what comes next because they really don't even know what comes next. And parents don't know how to help their children figure out what comes next because they're just as lost, too, because there's so much. Educators are working really hard to help their students, but they don't always know how to help them prepare for what's next, too. And so I step in and serve that role. I work with students so that they and their parents don't have to argue during high school about what they're going to do after high school. You know, there's that whole tension, that whole battle that happens. And I don't like that. Personally, I'm a parent, too, and I don't want to battle with my kids. So I step in and take over that role so that the parent can relax and enjoy their child. And with schools, I step in and I consult with them to help them build a culture of success for all students at all levels for all options so that every kid feels that they can be successful and don't just have to fit into a certain mold. And all of that came from an education background. I've been in education since 1991 when I graduated college, and I've always wanted to be a teacher. And I've been a teacher, a high school teacher, ever since. Uh, So it's kind of been that natural progression. And on top of that, I'm a parent. I have two kids. I have a 24-year-old and a 20-year-old. And uh, we've been through a whole bunch of stuff with all this. So I want to make sure that other parents know how to navigate this as well.
0: Oh, my God. Our children are really, really similar age. I love what I took from all of that, which I really love, and I think is really, really important, is what comes next. So So often there is almost that we raise our children... Inadvertently, I've always been really honest with both my two children that, that going to university was not something that they felt that they had to do. Right. And yet I'm sure that it is something that I probably subconsciously was constantly weaving into, com- even though I was saying explicitly, you don't need to go. I'm sure mm-hmm. all the signals I was giving them was about them going. And they both did go to university and they both chose to go to university. But actually, I would have had absolutely no idea where to start in the what happens next if that wasn't what they want to do. Do we end up almost funneling our children down that route because we don't know any other option? Absolutely.
1: Our, our cultures, even though I'm on one side of the Atlantic and you're on the other, right? Their cultures are very similar in that the goal has always been and education has morphed into we're preparing you for university. It has stopped preparing kids for any other option. And that's, I think, a disservice. And I understand the need. There was a lot of growth in the industry and businesses wanted people to have degrees because that proved that there was some kind of alignment with terms of education. I get it. But now we don't have to have that. And we have a whole group of kids who are looking at this going, wait, but I don't want to spend four more years sitting in a classroom. I don't want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars of university just to go to get a degree that I might not even be able to use because it might be irrelevant when I get out. What else can I do? And that doesn't mean that university is a negative option by any cha- by any means. But it does mean that it's okay to start looking at something different. But our culture hasn't caught up with that yet. We have been trained, and I'm part of that generation as well, that you go to college. We had a whole working class generation that wanted something better for their kids, and that was college. That's how they got out of whatever they were at and that's still the mentality today. So you're right, inadvertently, we do tend to have that conversation about college. We celebrate colleges or universities, we se- we talk about our alma maters, we reminisce about our own wonderful days in college <laughs> and forget about all the awful days that we had, right? The stress and the finances and all that. A lot of people around us are always talking about college. When you watch any kind of television or when you're in school, the conversation is always, What college are you going to? Are you getting good enough grades to go to college? Mm. They can't get away from it. So you're right. If you don't know about the other options, you don't know how to help them choose something different if they don't want to go to university.
0: And I do have a feeling that the tide might be turning. Obviously, we've just gone through the pandemic and hopefully Mm. we're at least out the other side in that we're not looking at yet more lockdowns. But certainly from the experience of my eldest who had started lockdown in the last term of his first year and in the UK previously we didn't pay for their fees but now we do pay tuition fees so it's a lot of money wow. yeah. that they're questioning actually you know a lot of so my son's graduating with an obscene amount of debt mm-hmm. and there must surely mm-hmm. be a lot of them are beginning to question actually do i want to spend 27,000 pounds on a 3 year degree yep Yep. And what is it, how is this gonna help me leverage? Because I think I'm getting a sense, and I don't know you can say, Stephanie, but I'm getting a sense that more employers are not actually actively looking for that across a whole broad range of really great careers. Right,
1: you're right on two levels. One, students are awakening to the amount of debt that a four-year degree could cause them, right? And there's two different veins of people who are looking at that, like, okay, how can I get scholarships? How can I get, you know, as much money saved up to go and be able to pay for it? And there's others who are like, I don't even know how I'm going to do this, but I feel like I have to go. So I have to take on this debt. So you're right. Students are becoming much more aware and are looking around going, is this really the right option? Businesses. And this is a this is not like I'm not an expert in this. So, you know, keep that in mind. But businesses are starting to look and go, wait, we need someone who's willing to be trained by us. We need someone who's willing to learn our ways and get get caught up with the technology, not someone who comes out of some university who expects a level of income because they went to that university. No disrespect for graduates who have worked really hard and they do want to have a, a, a certain salary because that's what they were told they were supposed to have. But industry isn't that way anymore. And when you think about the changes that are happening in businesses so rapidly, it's four years or actually the average now is between five and a half and six years. Is that spending that amount of time to get an education? Are you missing out on what's changing in the industry? So yes, businesses are starting to do something different. I don't know if you've heard about it, but over here, even I think it's United or American is now creating their own pilot program. They are saying, we don't want you, we don't want to wait for you to go through all this other stuff. Come to us. We'll train you the way we want you to be trained. We'll get you the hours we need you to have, and then we'll give you the career that you want. Many industries are starting to think that way.
0: Yeah, I've heard, I couldn't necessarily give you any specific companies, but I'm aware that there are some, I'm aware of one publishing house that is no longer actively recruiting graduates. They'd much rather take them on. And there are other companies that are simply saying, come to us and we will create our own qualification for you to work through. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. certainly in this post-pandemic job market, I wonder whether that will be, absolutely the right way for some people to go but so Stephanie as a parent now obviously in some ways I'm out the other side but as a parent even with you know a little child that we're teaching yeah. to read and write what are the things that we should be looking out for I guess in lots of ways so that we don't start subconsciously creating this narrative that our children feel that university or college is the natural next step and actually because the world has so many opportunities there's entrepreneurship there's yes. sort of a vocational pathways as well how right, do we right. begin to start creating that culture in our home from tiny
1: you know you just hit it really well is there are so many different career options and very rarely do we ever call attention to the careers that are, we are immersed in on a regular basis besides the ones we live as their parents right when we go to the doctor, do we talk about the different people who are working in that office from the receptionist to the medical billings clerk, to the nurse, to the intake nurse, to the doctor, to the you know physician's assistant? Do we call those out and help our kids recognize there are so many levels of people that make one office work? When we're out and about walking around to the neighborhood, do we recognize that, yes, these are people, they are people who come and pick up our trash to make sure it doesn't sit here and get rotting and nasty and smelly. They're important. This is an important service. If we didn't have that service, there would be a problem. What about the plumbers that we have that come into our home or the people that come and take care of our roof or our windows or whatever that is? Do we call out different careers and help them see opportunity in the careers that are out there? Because I think that's ultimately what I'm trying to have parents recognize is it's not about the option itself. It's about the career or the career path that that child might be most interested or excited about. And in that career pathway, what training and what education is actually required? And is that a four-year degree? degree? Great. Then you know to get that career, you've got to do that. But if it's not, what other training do you need to have? And how can you, one, develop that at home? Teach kids typing, working through computers, communicating effectively, in you know, email communication, being able to have conversations with human beings, you know, face to face, be able to actively listen, you know, those soft skills that employers really want people to have. You can do that as a parent. You can train your child in all of those things. But what else can you have them learn? Maybe there are summer camps, maybe there are additional academic programs within the school that help get those soft skills so that a child When they graduate high school can go right into a a smaller training program and be ready to enter the workforce at a livable wage in as little as 18 months you know depending on what career they want and that may only be a starter career a lot of parents i think panic with oh my gosh if they don't go to college or university are they ever going to make enough money to sustain a family well yes they can but they may not do that when they're 20. So let them have their 20s to figure out what they really like and what they really want, and that will open up more pathways and more doors that they can't even see right now, and you and I as their parents
0: can't see either. It's so interesting. I've been making scribbling little notes as I've been going along. So I'm going to try and kind of get some of the different points in. But I love the way when you were talking about the doctors when we go to take our children to the doctors because even when we've got our two and three year old and we're labelling things, oh look, there's an apple and look, there's a car and that's a truck. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. don't do that, do we? Say that's the doctor but we don't say that's the receptionist. We don't genuinely it's, it's such a small thing but we don't actually draw attention to any of these other things and do you so obviously that people listening to to it now can go and do that and I think genuinely it's a really important thing to do we don't Mm -hmm. talk about we don't label we Mm -hmm. don't sort of highlight these things but I also wonder do we not do a lot of that around the skills that come with it because we have such a huge lack of knowledge as parents mm-hmm. and we can we can relate to the doctor we can relate to the nurse as such because those were some of the careers that went that were on our careers advice right
1: right and i think i think you're right we don't know and life is busy and life is full and so stopping to learn and to figure that out doesn't necessarily hit our radar but if our goal as parents if one of our goals is to help our children launch well right launch into whatever is going to help them be happy and successful human beings then that perspective kinds of shifts. Maybe we don't need to find out about all the skills a receptionist has, but if your child goes, oh, that might be fun, say, hey, let's go learn together. What does a receptionist do? What does that look like? And of course, the older your children are, the different those conversations become, right? but it can be done. It just takes some time. And yes, you might have to Google what are the soft skills of a you know, receptionist. Okay. It's a five second Google search. And next thing you know, you've got thousands of pages that can help you recognize and just get a little bit of information that also helps your children remember to be lifelong learners as well. Because if you don't know, that's okay. But not knowing isn't the excuse for not actually learning about it. So if we as parents start saying, oh, wait, There's a whole world of careers that didn't even exist when I was in high school or college. What can I learn about those? How can I help my child learn about those? Then we do help them open up those doors to look around.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's just moving away from that tunnel vision of what of, of the career options that were offered to us when we were right. younger and actually just broadening that view because there are so there are jobs. I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche that people talk about, you know, this idea that our children's children will be having jobs we've not even thought about. But there are right. people genuinely in jobs now that <laughs> didn't exist when I was at school.
1: No, a web developer. Who, there wasn't the internet when I was in school. No. Someone who has to create a web page. I had no idea that that even existed. And now it's you if that's a skill that if you can do that, that's amazing, right? We think about technology and using, you know, even just creating microchips. Things that we take for granted that somebody has to do. Well who does that and what kind of person does that and what kind of person thrives in that kind of environment. Does our child fit that mold? Does our child thrive in that kind of same environment? What might work for them? And that comes down to, I think, the other part of all this conversation are the values that our our children have. You know, as they get older, they have really strong reactions to things. There are things that are very important to them. But if they don't take the time to acknowledge and identify those values, they run the risk of choosing a career that might actually operate against those values. You know, family is really important to them, but they decide they want to go into – business, they might want to be a CEO because all they see is money, 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 and they feel like that's what they have to have. Well, what kind of time are they going to have to be that dad or mom that they really want to be? And is that important to them? But nobody takes the time to stop and say, wait, this is what you say you want, but you also say you want a family. What, how, how are you going to make that work? What do you think that looks like? And do you really know what the life of a CEO is all about? We don't yeah. give our children opportunity to job shadow to help them recognize this, it's not just what you see on TV, it's not just the money or the show up in a suit and a fancy car, it's a lot of work and a lot of responsibility. Do you really want that? Um, and so those are the kinds of conversations we can have with them as they get older because ultimately we want them to live out their values because that's when we have happiness and that's when we feel successful.
0: And I think that that you raise a really, really important point there because obviously our children are connected online through social media, through mm-hmm video streaming channels that portray a certain halo effect to certain career paths and and, and, and present it in a particular light that I think can be massively incongruous, you know, to family or maybe even someone who really values being outdoors and having the opportunity to go surfing or cycling or riding. But actually, that city job isn't necessarily going to provide them with that opportunity. So how do we, at whatever age, how do we help our children connect with what matters to them? What are their values and what are the things that really, that will end up being pivotal to whether Mm -hmm. they enjoy the career that they choose or not?
1: Mm -hmm. Start talking about it. And I know that sounds like, well, of course you would just start talking about it. But it's, it's an intentional awareness of a parent on what values we might be trying to instill within our children and paying attention to how we actually live out those values and does the life that we're living allow us to live out those values and being aware of acknowledging well whether it does or not and making peace with that whatever way that looks like but then helping your child have that conversation with you like hey I know you really want me to coach your soccer team but I can't because This is where my job is, but I love my job and my work. And it doesn't mean I don't love you, but this is where I really come alive. So I'm a better mom because I do this or a better dad because I do this. So let's think of a different way that I might be able to be involved with you in this sport. Have that conversation just by you sharing your own perspective on how you're living out your values helps them go, oh, yeah. Well, I really want to be involved with my children as they get older. I need to look for a career that might help me do that. My dad didn't let him. So maybe I don't want to do that. Nothing against the career of your mother, or your father, mm-hmm. but maybe that just gives you an opportunity to think, oh, but I want to do something different. How do I do that? And then you have the open door between you and your child to discuss that. Great. What do you think you might want to spend your days doing? How do you think you might want to earn money? And as a parent, we should never say, well, are you sure? That's <laughs> not a, are you sure? I, I don't think you're going to make any money at that. Oh my gosh. Do you know you're going into that industry and it's going to be awful? We don't mean to do that. We're trying to be protective, but what we're doing is shutting down the dreams our children have. Whether or not they come to fruition is nothing that we even know yet. They might say they want to be an astronaut. Great. Let's go learn all about astronauts. What do they do? And they may go, oh my gosh, the math is too much. I don't want math. But they have to come to that realization. You shouldn't tell them they really suck at math, so they shouldn't be an astronaut. Make sense?
0: Completely. And I can still, I've got very vivid memory. I'm Egyptian. And obviously as you can imagine, in Egypt education is super super cr- crucial and key yeah. and yeah. culturally and I remember yeah. my sister saying to my mother once that she was thinking about becoming a hairdresser. My mother was that was instant shutdown you're not you haven't had an education mm-hmm. in a grammar school to go to become a hairdresser so there's that there's that element And of course my sister didn't become a hairdresser so it wasn't and there would have be been no problem but that it was one of like, those things that children naturally do and I'm right. guessing and i could be wrong and listeners by all means sort of email email in if you if you feel violently against this but i'm mm-hmm. i'm certainly hearing from more and more younger children that they might say they want to be a youtuber that they might want to be a a blogger mm-hmm. or a vlogger or an influencer mm-hmm. and of mm-hmm. course i would i could just imagine there's a whole load of parents that would be instantly like oh my god you can't possibly right right we panic like oh my gosh do you know how rare it is to become successful
1: in those and we're right we are 100% right but we have to allow them to come to that conclusion on their own. So when a child comes I have to give you this little side note, my son really wanted to do that. He was heavily into gaming. He's like, people do all this. They make all this money. I'm like, hold my breath. Okay. (laughs) How do you think you need to go about doing that? Well, I don't know. Okay. What do you think you need to do to learn about how to do that? Well, I don't know. Okay. Where do you think you can start to figure out how to learn how to do that? Well, I guess I could ask one of the people I watch, Yeah, why don't you go ask them? The more that I let him figure it out, the more he realized, Oh, this is, I don't want to do this. People watch me all the time. Like, of course they do. But (laughs) he he didn't put that together. He just saw sponsorships and money and views and all kinds of stuff. He did. He didn't really put it together that, Oh yeah, people watch me. Now this is a child who doesn't like people to watch him. I'm like, okay. But he had to come to that conclusion himself. The same is true with influencer. Okay. You want to be an influencer? How do you want to influence people? What does that mean to you? What, what do you want to gain as a result of that? Have them answer those questions and really do the research on it. And say, okay, how do you become an influencer? What does that really look like? And I guarantee you, if they get to the point where like this is just too much work, they're not going to pursue it. But if they do, and they have a passion for it, they will figure it out and they will figure a way to be successful. And that's what we want, is we wanna teach kids to be problem solvers and critical thinkers. If we keep shutting them down and telling them, no, they can't, they will never develop that
0: skill. And that is just so key for them Mm -hmm. to actually end up in the career path that is, is their career path rather than ours. And I loved, I'm going back to earlier on that you were saying, sorry, I made so many notes. (laughs) What I really loved as well is that quite often as parents, we inadvertently continue, perpetuate this idea of our children needing to go to university or college or whatever by doing a whole host of various different things. But actually, I loved your idea of our children doing things that might not necessarily, so for example, we might suddenly encourage our children to join debating because debating is really good because that would look really great on your university application. Whereas actually, touch typing is a phenomenal skill if they go to university or not, because actually that would be a great skill set. Being able to start conversations with people. So maybe we have people over for drinks or maybe we have people over for dinner. Our children maybe can go around with some platters and learn how to have conversations or eye contact. It's, It's actually for us... I can see that parents could get really creative here about mm-hmm. what's the kind of adult that I want to raise and what are some mm-hmm. of the things that I could put in place regardless yeah. of where they end up.
1: A hundred percent. And I think that's the greatest question parents can ask is what kind of adult do I want to raise? Because if we really stop to think about it, we hope our children live a long, healthy life and we hope to live a long, healthy life too. That means that the majority of our relationship with our children is going to be from age 18 and beyond. They're only those 18 years in our house after that, they're adults. And what kind of adults do we want to be friends with? Because they're going to be in our lives and the parenting role, as you know, right, it changes. It's not the same. So what kind of relationship do we want to have with our adult children from 18 to whatever age that we pass? And that could be a really long time, a lot longer than the first 18 years they were in our house. So it's a really great way to think about that. But then you said something that I think was really interesting. You thought, well, can I have them maybe bring platters around? And how do we help them talk to people when we have people over? That's a fantastic way to start having kids learn. The biggest question that kids get asked as they get older, what are you going to do after high school? What are you going to do after school? What are you going to do? And I always tell kids, listen, I know you're like the deer in headlights, right? And you don't know what to answer and you feel like you can't answer something and you feel like you have to make something up so that you don't look like an idiot instead say, you know what? I'm not quite sure. Tell me about your job industry. What did you do? How did you get into that? And is that always what you wanted to do? Teach them to ask that question because now they're learning conversation skills, they're learning active listening skills, and they're learning about a career for which you may not have never known about. How much better can that be, right? So I try and tell kids to empower themselves to learn by not answering the questions at all. And that's not rude. You're just asking them because you really don't know. And you're telling them that.
0: Oh my God, I love that. It's just brilliant, isn't it? Because as you say, people who come into our homes and, and who are our friends do all sorts of different career paths right. and have probably followed through different traditional routes, non-traditional routes, lots of different jobs. And who better? Right. It's like having an encyclopedia in your home of people exactly. with jobs. <laughs>
1: Yep, exactly, and it's the best way, and the more friends that you know, the more people you have them around, the more exposure they get to things that they might not have ever thought about, and you as a parent may never have thought about, and that's where you get exposure to all the different options, right? Most of us, we follow through with the experience that we had, and we're either happy about it and want our kids to have that same experience, or we're unhappy with that, we want our kids to have something better or different, right? So, But we often don't know what that needs to look like. So when we learn about other people's careers, our friends' careers, how they got there, what that was like, then we start realizing, oh, wait, the military might be a really great option for my child to learn how to be a a cook, a chef? They have those in the military? Yes, they do, and they're trained amazingly well, right? So how did that even happen? What was that like for you? Do you mean my child can be an apprentice at this company and earn a livable wage for those two years and then have these amazing skills and be recruited by other companies and they haven't spent a dime on a, you know previous education, what? Where did that come from? Those kinds of things can happen when you have those conversations.
0: Yeah, and it's. I think that that's. I love that, and I have to say, being a huge fan of Oprah, I had a bit of an <laughs> aha moment when you. Oh, honestly, for me, it's and I'm that's which is why I want to say it again because I think this is something that I'm going to put down as a mantra somewhere to remind me. And it's this idea is what kind of relationship do we want to have with our adult child? And it's because it's the way that you talked about the profoundness of our child till they're 18. But actually, we are going to have a relationship with them for significantly, hopefully, longer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as adults than we would have had as the relationship as their parent with that Mm. child. My God, that's genuinely never occurred to me before. That is mind blowing in the way that you actually approach those sorts of those conversations i've been
1: friends with my mom 52 years that's she was 25 when she had me she's now 77 i'm 52 almost 53 that's been an adult relationship much longer than it was a child's relationship my son is 20 my daughter is 24 i hope they go for a long time and i'm thoroughly enjoying them as adults now when they were children not so much we had some issues but we but we worked through them because I wanted them to be in my life I wanted to be in their life and not be excluded and I didn't want them to feel like they had to be excluded too I mean so I worked hard to understand my children and who they were rather than trying to make them into what I thought they needed to be so that I could enjoy them as adults later because that's when it's more fun honestly it's the
0: best time when they're adults yeah, they get to go back to their own home and not make off.
1: <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. You know, and then they bring you, hopefully, at some point, grand dogs or grand cats or grand babies. You know, you get all the extra things where you can spoil all that you want, and then they, they get to go home. You know, you get all that fun stuff. And so I think those are the things to think about. And you want your children to be happy in what they're doing because they are miserable adults if they're not. Right? So when you think about careers and you think about their finances or the debt they might have to go into for one option or another or the time or whatever that looks like, it's about helping them become the best version of themselves as an adult that they can be. And I think that's really what's important.
0: Yeah. And I think where uh, let's talk about a couple of things that I think sometimes happen and, and people who've listened to the podcast long enough or been in my world long enough will understand. I quite often say this, I'm saying this with love. Yes. But what happens as a warning signal in some way when we try to live slightly vicariously through our children. So maybe we wanted that career in medicine but didn't, right. or we wanted to become that lawyer and we think that that's the avenue. So can we, let's just talk a little bit about that. It's more a case, I think, to, to raise awareness.
1: Yes. I'm hoping that my dogs aren't too loud and I apologise if they are. Here's the thing. When we're thinking about our own life and what we did or didn't get to do, in our own life, that's our issue. And a healthy adult will take time to process that for themselves. But very rarely do we ever do that. And I'm speaking from very personal experience as well. When I had children, I had never stopped to think about who I was, what I was doing, why I was there, and they brought it all out of me. I mean, kids change your life forever and when I was realizing some of the things that I was doing that was causing situations and and negativity with them, I'm like, where's this all coming from? And it realized it came from me because I hadn't dealt with my own stuff. Right. And so it's important, I think, as parents that we recognize we're going to have stuff to have to deal with. And it's important to pay attention to it when it comes to career choice and even post high school option choosing. We really need to be aware that we're going to influence and we want to try and figure out how we want to influence. Do we want to influence based on what we want is best for our children based on what they think? Or do we really want what's best for our children based on what we think? And if it's the answer is what we think, that's a red flag. Because we don't need to live out that future. They have to live that out. And if we were that child and our parents were telling us what we had to do or couldn't do, what would we feel? How would we react? What kind of relationship we want to have with our parents as a result of that directive And is that what you really want as a parent and that's a values choice i mean that really does come down to what you want and that is spoken in truth and spoken in love because it is about you and what you really want with your child and what you want for your child but if it involves fixing something that you thought went wrong in your own life that's actually putting an an undue burden on your child that doesn't necessarily need to be there and it can be damaging for them how can we check in
0: with ourselves what's the best way to make sure because i do I do see this quite often where as a parent they're convinced that they're doing what's best for their child because it's a I guess in your in the US it will be an Ivy League for us it will be some of the Russell group universities or the top Oxbridge universities because right. they genuinely think that is absolutely the right environment for my child but it doesn't it's, it's not always evident that that really is in the best interest of the child
1: yeah i think one of the bigger things is to Start, and, and this is hard, if you really do believe that you're doing what's right by your child, I am nobody to tell you you're not, i really not. But your child might be. Your child might be letting you know in as many ways as they can without disrespecting you and without making you upset with them that they're not really into that. If you believe that your child is supposed to go to this top level university, for example, and you're doing everything you can to make sure they have every avenue covered so they can get everything they need to have, them, and they're not showing up they're not getting the marks that they should get you know they're capable of or they don't show up to the debate club like we talked about before they don't do those things they're trying to tell you that's not the path that they're most interested in without being disrespectful and they're afraid of making you upset when our children start shutting down to us when they start rejecting us when they don't want to be near us yes part of that is the teenage angst that comes But if it's in reaction to all of the things you think they need to be doing, that might be an indication that they're not really, and that's a time for you to step back and say, okay, wait, is what I'm asking them to do not really fitting with who they are? And that takes some courage as a parent. Um, And sometimes it takes us going to our trusted friends, uh, trusted counselor, pastor, whomever in your world, and say, okay, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm seeing from my child. Can you help me process this? can you help me see where this might be? Because I'm not sure and I'm having some anxiety with my relationship with my child or whatever that might be. It's okay to do that. Throughout my parenting journey, I had multiple counselors and multiple friends who I would say, this is driving me nuts. And they would say, because you're trying to do something that they don't want to do. People who I allowed in my world to do that. Um, And that helped open up my own views too. And I think that's something that we can do as parents is be aware that we're it's normal it's natural we're going to do this but we don't necessarily want to do
0: this so how can we avoid it yeah I, I love that so it's just that listen out for this for the signs that we see in their behavior and reflect mm-hmm. and then go to someone trusted if you need to to kind of bounce that bounce that idea off absolutely and, and let's talk about so let's say college university is the right path for our children yeah yeah how best as parents do we navigate the process for a child that is clear that that is the path that they want to go but they're confused themselves about how to then begin that process what are some of the things what are the, what would you say are the top 3 things as parents that we can do for a child that that really is the the what next for them
1: right i think the first thing is to help them clarify why that's so important is it a career option and do they know that the university they're considering actually has the degree program that they need for that career? Or is it a personal growth option? Neither one is wrong, but why do they really wanna go is important because that why is what's gonna get them through all of the difficult parts, right? Cause college is great, it's fun. It can be these great, wonderful times, but it's full of all kinds of stress as well. So you've gotta know that why. The second is to help them identify the kind of environment they learn best in. Um, not every child does great at these massive schools and not every child does well in these really tiny, small schools. You've got to help them recognize what kind of experience they really want. My daughter, for example, she wanted a big, massive school. She wanted a big football game. She wanted the big fraternity sorority stuff. She wanted all of this stuff. <laughs> okay. You go for that, but she is also an extrovert. She gets her energy from being around people. It matters to her. And that was important. My son. He chose a school of, I think there's 3,500 3, kids in this entire school. That's it. And he loves it. It's in the middle of a city. My daughter was out in the middle of nowhere. you know. And so they had to choose those environments. So that would be the second thing. And the third thing is to really analyze the investment. Is the investment that you're going to make of finances and time and energy going to be returned to you by the career that you're going to get as a result of that degree? Because when we talk about student loans, very rarely do we help kids calculate the exact amount that they're gonna be in debt, within reason that you can figure out, but how much it's going to cost to pay that back. And that's the bigger thing is we don't tell them that, yes, you don't have to pay student loans back until you graduate, great, but when you graduate, it hits. And you're looking at four or $500 payment for 10 years? 10 years? Minimum for some of them, and that's really, we have to help them see that. We really need to help them see that. And that doesn't mean to make them afraid. It just means to make them aware so that while they're in college, they make smart choices about their money. They learn to budget differently. They get prepared. They work hard to be able to get the career that's going to give them the salary that they need. Make sense?
0: Yeah, completely. And I'm guessing if you're going through that financial aspect, I guess what you can then also look at in terms of the investment is, do you then look at alternatives? Are there alternative routes to this career that don't require me?
1: Yeah, absolutely, because every career path, every career has its own pathway of alternate careers that lead up to that maybe pinnacle career, if you want to call it that. You know, if you want to be, say, a surgeon, all right, along the way, there are a lot of different careers in healthcare that don't require that massive amount of investment. And if you're willing to take some time versus having debt, then you can become a certified nurse's assistant and work for some time and make some money. You can become a, you know, a, techno, a tech of some sort, X-ray tech. You can work in a whole bunch of different industries first, get some experience, really determine what you want, save some money, and then be able to invest little by little in that future career if that's what you really want. It is important to pay attention though that every career is a cluster in, into itself. There's a lot that goes into all of that. And so is this really what you want? And is the, is the education that you're trying to get gonna give you that? Um, or is there a different way that you can get there, sometimes even quicker?
0: Yeah. and I. So I'm intrigued because I think some listening to this will also be asking the question. So you talked as part of those three ways that they were looking at it, the investment and how they're going to repay it. Now, some people will be listening to this and will be saying, my children will never have to pay their fees. We're going to cover it. But how important, because it's quite interesting. I've got two children. One is in his final year. One is in her first year. And I have been very clear that I will I have helped them financially but their tuition fees in the UK we have a tuition fee bit and then a maintenance loan that they can take out for okay. being at university helping them with their day, the sort of the day to day their okay. tuition fees I expect them to repay because mm-hmm. they've made the decision to go now some people mm. will think oh my goodness me that's awful as a parent you should pay but I mean I'm interested in your perspective yeah. from yeah is it important that our children understand the value of the chosen career path that they've taken and should therefore be paying for it or not.
1: It's important for children to recognize the return on investment and what that is. Even if you as a parent have decided you're going to put aside money so that you can pay for university for your child, you've made an investment. If any financial advisor came to you and said, hey, I want you to save up this amount of money so you can invest $125,000 or whatever it is in pounds or all that stuff into this this person right here, Wouldn't you want to see that that child is actually going to have that return in their career on that investment that you make? You may not make that money back, but don't you want to see them be successful and thrive in that? That's the thing to think about is you're saving a lot of money and making personal sacrifices. Good for you. That's amazing. We did some of the same things, but if your child doesn't want to go to that university, they're not going to use that money. Well, do you really want to spend that that way? And is that part of the values that you are trying to teach your child that, it's okay, how you spend money, just do whatever you want with it. I very rarely is any parent in that mode. They really want their children to be responsible with their money. Well, is that an example of being responsible? So you can do a couple things. If you can set up boundaries with your child, here's the expectation. If we're paying for this education, here's what we expect. We expect A, B, C, D, whatever that looks like. And when those children don't live up to that, We're done, you're out. You have to figure the rest of this out by yourself or you take time off. And by the way, even if you fail out and you come home, you have three months to be at home before you find a job and have to move out because we're not supporting you. That has to be part of the conversation. Any way you wanna play that is up to you. And there are going to be parents who are like, well, I'm not gonna put up that boundary. I'm just gonna pay for everything. That's fine, that is your choice to do. Just be aware that that's a choice that you're making and your children may not give you what you think is going to happen as a result.
0: Yeah. And I think it goes back to that point that you were saying before. It's about thinking about the adult Mm -hmm. that is the ultimate goal, because that's, you know, I use the same analogy as think about the adult that you're trying in that moment when your seven year old is having a complete and utter meltdown is the adult. What are you trying to teach them to help them to be the adult that you want them to become in the same way as in in some ways? I know it's not a physical possession like an electronic device or something that they own in that way but you want them to be respectful of the choice that they've made and the value Mm -hmm. of the investment that has been made in that education if that is the route that they that is right for them
1: Mm -hmm. absolutely And think about most of us didn't get things handed to us we worked really hard to get them and that created who we are so why would we make it easy for our children when that might not actually be the right pathway for them it might be easier or better for them to have to work really hard to get what they want just like we did because that's what created in us the resiliency to pursue all of the hard things we had to do versus just being handed something maybe we don't value it as much.
0: Yeah. Oh, Stephanie, I have so loved speaking to you this has been i've learned i don't know about anyone else but i have learned so much and yet my children are sort of coming out the other (laughs) side of things that i can continue to use Mm -hmm. and i I have to say it still blows my mind this idea that my relationship with my children will be for significantly more years (laughs) that was going to stick with me but so just as a sort of final piece if you're a parent listening to this now of any age you might be parenting a five a seven year old or an 18 year old or a 13 year old what are what are the sort of the top tips that you would give just generally about navigating that whole process for their children as to what next whatever that might be
1: i would say first and foremost just start being willing to educate yourself learn about all of the different options that are out there start opening your own eyes to the different careers that are available around you even just start with that small circle right second i would start paying attention to your children observe them as non-committed as you can what makes them tick what kind of person are they do you know for example their love language Um, are they an introvert versus an extrovert what makes them upset what gets them what what do they rally against or rally for help them recognize that as they get older and then the third thing is to start having conversations with your friends and family about alternatives what if they don't go? What would that look like if they did this instead? Why is it a bad thing if they don't? Because you want to start changing that culture around your child, because they're going to observe whatever that they're going to absorb whatever
0: that culture is. Oh, that's such brilliant tips. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much. I think we need to have you back on. I would
1: love we, to be back on. We, thank
0: you. We can talk after this and we can work out um, when we can have you back on. But thank you so much. It's been so valuable. I, as I say, I've learned a lot. And I'm sure everyone listening, regardless of how old your child is and at whatever stage they are in there, what next, mm-hmm. I think there's some absolute gems there. So thank you very much.
1: Well, you're welcome. One thing I want to leave your listeners with is if they don't know where to start, the book that I wrote really will help give them an introduction to all of the different options available to your children. And so, you know, take a look at it if you're stuck and you don't know where to go. Otherwise, go for it. But that book, College is Not Mandatory, is really written to help parents navigate all those options.
0: And that's amazing. And we will be sharing the link in the show notes so that you can go straight and get get a copy of the book. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you you and your listeners have an amazing day.